Dr. No, more like Dr. Yes. Now dig on this. Hey guys. Hello. Hello. How are you going? I'm well. Hope you're well too. And we'd like to welcome you to Classic Classic Movie Banter. You know that podcast where me, that guy Brenton, and that other guy over there, Nathan... Oh, hi there. We talk about films that are 20 years or older. 20 years! 58 years, Brenton. To be precise. And we tell you, our lovely listeners, if those films are still worth watching today. And if you can grab those movies, like grab them in your fist, throw them on your TV screen in your living room, invite all your mates over on a Thursday night and say, hey, this is a movie we're going to watch tonight. And everyone gets amongst it and it's a good wild night and everyone goes, wow, I really want to go over to Brenton's place again and watch a movie because he picks the best movies. I wonder why. Actually, it's because he runs a podcast with his mate Nathan. <laughs> oh, really? I haven't listened to it. I haven't heard about it. Well, you should really check them out on Twitter and Instagram because they post great content on there as well. Oh, really? I might do that. Hey, guys, shut up. We're watching the movie. Oh, sorry, Brenton. Listeners, I want you to know that while Brenton was doing that, he was holding up some, like, finger puppets and just, like, reenacting his friends with those. I had, like, a puppet stage, you know what I mean? Like, those, like, with the fucking curtain. You know, like, those old puppets. Yeah, like the old school ones. Like, yeah. Yeah, and I had various characters. Nathan was a puppet as well. Oh, no. Tell me about it. <laughs> Nathan is a puppet on this show. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's more like I'm the puppet this week. Nathan, would you like to fill the listeners in as to why I'm the puppet this week? Because we're doing Brenton's favourite thing where we review a James Bond movie, everyone. You know, we're, we're, we're focusing on the one that started it all from Ian Fleming himself. It's it's Dr. No. It's Dr. No. <laughs> that sounds like a Scooby-Doo, like, reveal. <laughs> oh, no. Dr. I know, no. I know, right? <laughs> Not Dr. No. I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids and your dumb dog. I would have gone away with it too if it wasn't for your stupid spy and your beautiful girlfriend. <laughs> yes. Now, Brent, before we get into Dr. No, we do need to address the elephant in the room. <laughs> that was a really bad elephant <laughs> like, impression, guys. When did you watch Dumbo, mate? Like, <laughs> like, just sitting there making like sound effects in the cinema. Just like, Brenton, this is this is not the sound elephants make. Daddy DeVito, is that you? No. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Like, 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 it, it happened it happened a couple weeks back, but, you know, Sean Connery did pass away, sadly. Yes. Yeah, and it's so funny, because, like, coincidentally, like, he was the next Bond we had to do, and so maybe maybe Sean caught wind. Mm. <laughs> it's like, I, I can't listen to any more of this. So. <laughs> yeah. Totally, he was just like, oh, oh, feck! They're going back to my first film. I'm, I'm done. I'm getting out of here, yeah. guys. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all good. I'm, I'm, I'm signing off. No, but in all seriousness, um, you know, regardless of what you think about Sean Connery as a person, I guess his his filmography kind of speaks for itself. He's someone that created a character that so many people have related to, that so many people have idolized. You know, he, he really created this whole franchise, really, yeah. like it, that Brenton loves. Off, off the yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all, it's all his fault. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all. You- his Sean. fault and <laughs> you did this no um so you know i guess what a legacy to leave behind and uh yeah like i said regardless of what you think about him personally because i i hear that he was a bit of a he was a bit of a controversial uh, he was a controversial character like, yeah yeah. Then again, what Bond hasn't? <laughs> eh, exactly. I guess what what a filmography, what a, what a legacy to leave behind, yeah. and uh, good on you, Sean, in the, in that aspect of your life. Well yeah. done, Sean. And, and I hopefully, no matter what we say about Doctor No today, don't take it to heart. <laughs> we we still like <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I am sure. In fact, I am positive that Sean Connery does not give a shit no. about what we think about or Dr. any no. of the Bonds, frankly. <laughs> yes. 
exactly. Uh, he's like, it's like as long as we don't like the ones that he's not in, he's like, he's all good. He's yeah. like, ah, I wasn't in that one. <laughs> all good. That's okay. <laughs> uh, so. Guys, in case you didn't know already, Dr. No was the first James Bond filmed and it was released in 1962 and it was directed by Terence Young. And Terence Young also directed a couple of other James Bond films. He directed Russia With Love in 1963 and Thunderball in 1965. Good on you, Terence. Thanks for doing those. <laughs> you sound like, like an Australian po- like political artist. Like, good on you, Terrence. You voted right. <laughs> good on you, Terrence. Keeping the dream alive. So, yeah. And, and basically, like, when I look at his filmography, that's all that really stands out. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's just been doing Bond. He really has been doing Bond. It was a very raunchy set. Damn, it was. Speaking of raunchy, Brenton, tell us about the plot of Dr. No. Can you pitch me the movie? So, Dr. New... No, Dr. New. (laughs) (laughs) He just does Austin Powers the whole movie. Dr. New. (laughs) Good start. Uh, So, Dr. New. No. Fuck me. No, Brent. This is is a bad start. Dr. No. (laughs) Just like Barbara Broccoli sitting in her office being like, like, what? (laughs) We're in Jamaica, right? And a British agent has disappeared mysteriously and so you know what mi6 does they're like hey we need to get that guy 007 aka james bond and we need to send him to jamaica to the caribbean man and and find out and investigate what happened to this british agent and why he disappeared oh and so james arrives in in jamaica and he starts hanging out on beaches doing various activities and then he starts to hear whispers of this nefarious and mysterious dr no now what makes dr no so mysterious well, his uh, his plans are very mysterious, but also, but so is his, but so is his ethnicity. Oh, of course, <laughs> the most mysterious fact, thing of all. In fact, some would say that's that might be the biggest plot twist in the movie. Oh, who would have thought? And, and Nathan James Bond needs to find out what Doctor No is doing and put a stop to it. Ah, of course. That's all I got to say. Thank you, Brenton. Wow, what a what a picture of James Bond movie. All I knew about that pitch, by the way, going into it was that I was going to make a joke about the ethnicity thing. Oh, Christ. Which we'll get into. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it uh, later on, obviously. Let's get into it right Nathan, now. Oh, yeah, let's do it. What What do you think, Nathan? Of, of the man or the movie? <laughs> oh, both. Oh, here we go. Well, <laughs> isn't that something? Dr. No himself, like, you know, he's not exactly Chinese, is he, Brenton? He, he doesn't look Chinese. I've never seen someone that is, 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 is Chinese heritage and looks like that. Let's just say that. No. So, you know, he's he doesn't really live up, you know, not that he's, like, him being Chinese is his sole kind of trait but like you know there's a lot of build up for him you know a lot of build up for Dr. No and you're kind of let down by him. Brenton, these exact same comments could be attributed to the movie itself, Brenton. Whoa, whoa, shots fired. Uh, I will say about Dr. Julius, no. His name's Julius, Jesus. Obviously, the problem with, with, with Julius is that <laughs> it, the, the, the actor in question is not actually Chinese. And so, like, there's some bad there's some bad makeup done there again. Once again, like, once again oh, in yeah. the Bond franchise. Where, where Which the Bond movies only continue to do down the line. Exactly, you know, it's set in trends, uh, left, right, and center. And also, like... Like, that's not the only character that, like, kind of has some egregious, like, yellow face going on. Oh, jeez. All that aside, Nathan, we come to this film and you made a really interesting point. You said that, you know, the movie itself, Dr. No, like, is is raised in this kind of, like, you know, it, it, it hooks you in, kind of, and then it kind of just, like, lets you down a bit. Is that is that what you'd say, Nathan? Is that Am I putting words in your mouth or is that what you're saying? You, you are, so please just, you know, step back a little bit, mate. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. I'll, I'll take five paces back and turn around. This is, What I'm about to say is really saying something, but I think 
think this might be the most boring James Bond film we've reviewed. But like, I'm more interested on your take, Brenton, because you're the one with the most vitriol for this franchise. So how does this? Because you, because after Gold and I were Jeremy, you were looking forward to this. Yeah, I was. I was. I wanted to see where it all started and see yeah. where things went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and what have you learned, Brenton? <laughs> I've learned a lot from this. I've learned a lot. Oh. So basically, what I learned was was that like this is this. Uh, let's get into my thoughts on the film. Let's see, here we go. So it starts right. It starts, and I'm like, huh, I'm kind of enjoying this. Oh, like. I, I think this is quite good. I like that there's not as much shit going on. I like that we're just kind of <laughs> focusing on James and we're just focusing on his mission and as of such, because there's not so many fucking henchmen, there's not like all these like staples of the franchise and all these characters mm. like thrown in your face every two seconds, we can get to know James. We can get to know how he operates and why that in itself is interesting. And a so like he feels study. like he feels like a character. That's right. And, mm. and and like for a certain extent, I was like, this is kind of a character study and I'm into this. And I was really enjoying it, Nathan. And then it takes a turn for the shitbed. <laughs> And what happens is, basically, it feels like it has to add all these things to it that the latter films then kind of expand upon. They expand upon the wrong things of of, of the film. You know what I mean? So it expands upon It's like, oh, God, we got one widow insane villain that's like you know got all these weird like you know ticks or whatever uh let's add more henchmen and stuff and let's like do more of that oh we've got like this bond girl like in this we've got a couple of girls and and one of them's in a bikini at some point and singing the coconut song and mangoes and shit which which to to the movie's defense like the books were doing for ages before they did i get that and it's not even when those elements come in that i was disappointed Right? Because, mm. like, you know, Dr. No comes in towards the end. Spoiler alert. Yeah. He doesn't rock up until, like, the last 20 minutes. So you got to wait for this Dr. No. And it's not that I didn't like these characters. I liked the setup. I liked where we were going. I was like, okay, cool. Like, we're we're heading towards the climax. And the climax just isn't a climax. It's just, like, the most boring thing happens. And you're like, oh, oh, cool. And then and then it just... I just feel like... I just feel like this movie did me dirty, is what I'd sum it up. <laughs> like, if I, had, if I... Like, I was like, I was like, fuck, you had me. You had me. I was like, oh, God, that's what I want... Like that's that's what I want this to be, and this is really kind of interesting and cool. And that just kind of did me dirty, and I was left feeling like a piece of shit. And I just knew that it wasn't going to improve because, like, you know, I you go you go into the next sequels, and you're like, all mm. right, fuck, we're back to we're back to this, back to this shit. And then nothing, nothing, nothing matters. There's no consequence to anything. It's just like, oh, no. And it's funny because you could have set that up. You could have set up this narrative thread that pays off in the latter sequels, but there's not really anything totally. there. But like, I feel like it was setting things up. Anything like James was an interesting character, like on his own. You were like, oh, I like how this. Like, it's interesting how this guy operates and, like, what's going on beneath the surface of this guy, you know? Like, I, I, I liked where we were going and, I, you know, there was some questions asked and I was like, ooh, it's asking questions of the main character, you know, and, like, his morality and then it's just, like, yeah. Blocks, so. And also because, like, he's so young and this is the youngest we'll see Connery, he's also kind of fucking up as he goes. Like, he does totally. make a lot of mistakes and, like, and I like that. You see him be more vulnerable and, like, and, like I like Connery in this one. Like, obviously, it's the... That's the one that established him and all that kind of stuff. But I, I really like this particular version of James Bond because he's really sad. And I found the, most of the sadness in Connery's performance because for some reason he's really horny in this one. He's like he's horny in a lot of other ones, but he's really having a crack at every girl in this one. Like he goes through a lot. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like no. he's, especially the way he kisses as well. Like at one point he like he tries to get with a chick and he's kind of just like making out with her towel while she's getting changed. I'm like, is, is Sean Connery not just getting any? Like, <laughs> like. What's going on here? I see your point, but I don't know if I agree that he's like the most horny in this one. <laughs> he just seems so sad. But I kind of like that about him. I kind of like that he's kind of like this lost dude that's just kind of like fucking about. And it's like he's yeah. a secret agent. He's like he's a he's he's undercover. You know, like he's he's a. He's well, that's a, the thing. He's, a, he's actually undercover.
undercover in this one. He's, he's British intelligence, you know what I mean? And so yeah. it's kind of interesting to see him just be like, it's like he couldn't even care less, you know what I mean? No. He's just like kind of, again, like the most interesting part of this character is like when it when it explores like, you know, that it is like kind of this broken individual that like, you know, has to do this job that like he's not really a person. He's just kind of this soulless guy. And it's interesting no. to like go into that and like, you know, see why that is. And and then on top of that, like, you know, you have the, sp- the, the staples of like the spy genre, I guess. And you add like these interesting like mix of like, you know, like crazy villains, you know, like crazy scenarios or whatever. But the thing is that they're not that crazy in this one. No, no. It doesn't jump the shark at, you know what I mean? And the biggest surprise of this movie is that he's actually doing a lot of detective work. Like more than the other ones, I would That's say. That's right. Like this probably has the least action in them. If you look at the ratio of action to detectiveness, like he, there's a lot of researching shit in here. Absolutely. There's this hard, I, I can't even like, I can only think of like the one basically big action set piece is towards the end. Exactly. Like the car chases aren't what they're, they're not that stunty yet. You know, the henchmen yeah. aren't that menacing yet. Like, there's not that more cat mouse kind of thing with the henchmen. So what we're left with is essentially Bond just chatting about this plot. And to be honest with you, Brenton, that's the biggest weakness of the film because the actual villainous plot isn't that interesting. It's about, like, you know, Dr. No harnessing radioactive energy, which isn't really a yeah. spoiler. But, like, it, it does that thing where a lot of early 60s movies did where they're, like, talking about radioactive energy, but they actually don't know anything about it. But it's not even that. Like, I, I can forgive that to a certain extent. But what I can't forgive is, like, you know, when you find out motivations and stuff and you're just like, oh, God, like, uh-huh. it's just bland, boring. It's just, like, there's nothing fueling it. It's just, like, power-mongering. It's, it's you know, your classic villains, you know? And, and that's a shame because, like, some of these characters, like I said, the setup, you're like, oh, yeah, cool, this could go somewhere. And then it just doesn't. And that's, no. like, my biggest criticism <laughs> of it, unfortunately. Were you hyped up for the three blind mice, Brenton? Uh, oh, Nathan. Nathan, was I hyped up? That's, that's the question of the day. But at the same time, looking back on it, I'd watch this over some of the other ones. That's interesting. I I think is probably because it does spend that much time on character, but like I know this this has always felt so pre baked, like because because especially with like Doctor No from Russia with Love, it's not till Goldfinger that you and I loved that you finally see that shit come in. Like it felt weird that Q wasn't in this. Yeah, totally. It felt weird that like he barely chats to Money Penny and that kind of stuff. Like it's also weird that like the opening song isn't really like an opening song that you get in the other ones. All those things you said that like you know we don't have these things. I was refreshed that we didn't have them. I was like, oh thank God, we're not like stuck to the staples of what you know like the, what true. this series has become it was nice that's a good point actually it was nice to be in M's op, like you know like we you know we're with M and Money Penny at the start and like you know there's some conflict there in, in those scenes <laughs> Really? They're not giving you the plot and then they're not like finishing with like the one line. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that's what the all the other movies do. It's like, let's have some snide remarks and then leave the room and I'm on oh my, my mission. God. It's like, fuck, like, thank God, like something was actually happening. The most conflict you get in that early scene with fucking M and James Bond is that James Bond whips out his gun and then M spends like a good minute just like like shitting on it. He's just like, ha, huh, that's like a lady's purse gun. And he's just like bitching about it. He's like, no double O agent will be seen with that gun. <laughs> James Bond's just kind of taken it. He's just like, okay, like that's the kind of conflict we get in this movie. But I enjoyed that scene. Like, as uh, like I, I thought that was like more enjoyable than most yeah. scenes with M and some of the other movies. I was like, hey, cool. Like, there's actually something happening here. But it does also, it takes some of these staples and does something bad with them. Like, we can tell the audience that like, Felix is in this movie, right? Yeah. He's 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 pretty useless in this movie. I don't think they use him that well. He's just kind of there. He probably has the worst sunglasses ever put to cinema. Hey, you're not wrong. But you know what? Again, like it doesn't that doesn't matter to me necessarily because like it's it's about Bond. You know what I mean? Like it's all about Bond. It is all about that's what they should have called it. It's all about Bond. <laughs> I didn't necessarily need more of um Felix in this. Here's the thing, if it's gonna go for a deep character study on Bond, I would have it might have even been better since they don't have the, the tropes yet, if they stripped away the other girls and maybe just focused 
focused on him with one and we see why that relationship fails because there's a scene at one point where one of the bond girls asks him like oh do you have a girlfriend and you can see he's about to like leap into this monologue of this like dark past yeah but he doesn't and it's like shit like that that i kind of wanted to see that's it that's what i mean it asks questions of that character and then it's like oh mm. cool we're building to something and then it's like it just we just kind of end you're like oh yeah. Okay, hopefully the sequel will get into some of that. No, it doesn't, obviously. I feel like it's funny because this kind of movie feels like a Timothy Dalton Bond as far as like the darkness that's attached to it. Like it doesn't feel yeah. like the latter Connery films. But uh, but again, like I think that's the point. Like I think this is probably like closer to like the source material. That's probably what it's meant to be. You know what I mean? Like mm. it's meant to like have all those other elements. I'm not saying like like the elements that make it like, you know, kind of pulpy fun in the sense of like, you know, you have all the girls that he's romancing or whatever. But like at the end of the day, like it has to be a human being. We have to like understand like why someone is like doing this and like this kind of like raises some questions but we never like go there and i think no. that maybe that's one because of the time that it was made no you're not gonna get a deep character study for this kind of movie but two like really like walking out of this i would have loved to ask audiences of like you know 1962 like you know what they thought what was their favorite aspects of it because i imagine that the producers did that and then the answers they got well oh we just want more like you know fun we want more like of, <laughs> of these elements that i don't want like i don't give a no. shit about but also in hindsight we've been given the fun so i guess that's what's so troubling watching this in 2020 is that like we know what fun bond looks like so when you see a movie like this that kind of goes in that different direction like you said like we want that different shit and we don't really get it so that's probably the movie's fault and it's so funny as well that you mentioned how close it is to the source material because i got a really fun fact for you so in the initial draft of this movie brenton i don't know if you know this but dr no was initially a monkey Oh my goodness. I am not fucking with you. This is a real thing in a real draft. Can you elaborate, please? Literally, that is all I know. All I know is in the initial draft, they made Dr. Noah monkey, and then it got rejected and they hired new screenwriters. (laughs) (laughs) It got rejected and they they hired new screenwriters. And I don't know how or why they integrated it, but I kind of want to see that movie. Yeah. Because that would have been the best gag of all. The whole movie builds up to this evil Dr. No. James Bond finally opens the door and it's a fucking monkey. Gives him a banana. It's like, it's funny because like we talk about the source material, but like I've never read a James Bond book. And part of me kind of wants to after now doing like half these movies. Like I want to, I want to know if this is better. Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, Ian Fleming just, I I, want to like talk to Ian Fleming and be like, you know, what do you think? What do you, what do you (laughs) think of what happened? You know, like. Well, probably he did like, I do remember like ages back reading interview, like he did like these things but and he was involved early on like because there's all these rights totally. issues with the books and i think he also helped i like, kind of shepherd this in like the same way that like when sean connery was chosen like you know they found the perfect bond like and there's so many other candidates they could have brought in but you know they really nailed it with him like to me this movie if i was to sum it up it's like it's got a really solid first two acts we get to the third act the movie kind of collapses and it's almost like it, they ran out of budget or something and it's like they had to just wrap shit up you know what i mean at the end and it just all kind of wraps up and it's done, yeah. and we just finish. Oh, it, it's so anticlimactic as well. Is it worth watching? I'm guessing, Brenton, you want to rate this thing? You're fond of me lobster, ain't you? I, I don't know if, I, if I'm even ready to rate it. I just, like, I don't even know, like, because I like it. I like it, and I'd probably watch it again over the other ones. And, like, so my heart is saying that I want to give this a thumbs up. Really? Yeah, dude, like, because I liked it. Would you really say to your mates, like, watch Doctor No? I would over some of the other shit we've seen, like, to be honest, like... Yeah, but, you know... Comparative shit aside, like look at the movie as a standalone work of art. Like, yeah, like I don't think it's that bad. Like, I like look. Really? I think it like I think it collapses on itself at the end or whatever. And I haven't it, had a lot of praise. Like. But again, that's that's like I know I've been really critical, but like the last five minutes of it are like, Meh. but like leading up to that, I was like having a good time. Like I said, like I was wow. out of the old Bonds, it's the one I probably enjoyed the most. I like the character of Bond. Wow, I like the way Connery plays him, and you know, I I, I don't mind it. Like, and I, I liked some of the scenes. I thought there was like a beginning, uh, middle, and an end to like a lot of the scenes, <laughs> as opposed to like fucking here's some exposition and then a 
a, a line from Bond being that's like... That's true. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I can change this wow. later if I need to. I mean, we don't look back until like, uh, t- you know, every two years, Brenton. So yeah, like, I know. But like, if I need to, but like, out of all the ones we've watched, I remember scenes. I remember moments in this movie. I remember I remember specific scenes and like what was happening. I remember the tone of wow. what was going on. I remember the music. I was I was into it. You know, I was I was I was I was enjoying it enough to be like, oh, I'm having a good time. Yes, it collapsed in itself. Yes, it it went back to some of the shit that like happens in like the, the later latter films in the franchise kind of expands upon those elements that I dislike, like a movie just based around those. Mm. But like, I wish that the franchise went in the other direction and and really took this movie and went the other way with it. I can see what you're saying because like because this there's a lot of promise here of like deep character study work on the spy and you, and yeah, Bourne kind of flirts with this a little bit. There's some other spy movies that are great that kind of do it, but like I feel like the closest the new ones get to doing this kind of move is Skyfall, where we kind of just dive deep into James. Totally, totally. And and what Skyfall does really well, and what this movie does well sometimes is that, that, that there's still a balance. Like I don't, I know like listeners are probably going, oh fuck this guy, like you know, like I just want to like a pulpy fun act, spy film. I want that as well. Watch Goldfinger. Yeah, exactly. Like, but I want, I want that. But I think this movie has el- like has still has elements of that, like in its opening like two yeah. acts or whatever. And I think it can balance it as well in a single film. That's right. It, it can balance it. So I'm not saying that like I want like a deep character study that's really dark and like we do like Nolan's Batman or whatever with fucking no. like because we got that as well. It's Casino Royale. But this like what I got in the first two acts is like I thought was a good balance and I did enjoy that. So yeah, thumbs up for me. There you go. <laughs> I was I am so shocked. I came in today. I convinced you were going to say no to this. Really? Yeah. I was like, oh, as I was watching the movie last night, I was just like. Like, there is no way Brendan's gonna like this bullshit. Because the other thing as well, like, if I'm, I'm sorry, I'll compliment it as well. Sorry, like, there is intrigue in this movie. There is intrigue that's built up in this movie that you're like, oh, what's what's going on? Like, you know what? Maybe because I've seen this before. Maybe because I've seen yeah. this before. That's why I'm not feeling that for this viewing. Like, and totally. And, but from memory, because I saw this film like, oh, maybe like five years ago, or something like that. I think like back when I was in college, and like, yeah, I remember finding it fine back then. And but I think I do recall being a little bit more interested than what I am now. So I, th- I think that might be a part of it. So yeah. your fresh eyes give fresh praise. So yeah, I'm giving it a thumbs up. Fuck uh, it. Me personally, like, I, I so get where you're coming from, but I'm just going to I'm gonna s- stick the thumbs down and um, and say start... I, I would say s- skip Dr. No, skip from Russia with Love, start with Goldfinger if you want to do a big old marathon. Yeah, see, I'd watch this over Goldfinger. That's so funny. Wow! Like, that's, yeah. Really? Like, I, I totally... I really would, wow. yeah. Wow. All right, there we go, listeners. All right, well, you know, pick a side, pick a side, and uh, let's, let's spoil it. You spoiled it. What? The movie. Oh. Just speaking of spoilers, like, I, I wanted to talk about, actually, I wanted to start with um, a side character in this movie that I really liked, that was kind of introduced. Oh, and it was actually, it, it was it was interesting. I think it's the name is, I, I go to call him Quirrell all the time, but I think it's Quarrel. <laughs> Who was the um? He's like the Islander guy. That's kind of like the yeah. He's the local who, who like accompanies yeah the local them. guy yeah yeah yeah. And, and he kind of like you know gives you insight into like the local. Perspective. He's the Jamaican. It's like really. I feel like the Jamaican's sole purpose was to alert Bond of ja- of danger. Like that's his one job. Totally, like totally. But like he was still those again. Like there's still enough character. There's still enough like intrigue to these these people. Like his introduction was really cool. That you know he pulls the knife on Bond, and then like they, they have that little tuffle, and then it's like the CIA guy comes in and is like, "Hey, no, what the fuck? Like they're working with <laughs> me, and we thought we thought you were yeah. no good, but now we know you're all right." And so like, and then he becomes, and then he switches, and he becomes like this really kind of like personable guy. And then mm. you like him, and then they kill him off, and you're like, "Oh, he's gone." Like that's kind of sad. Like oh so, like, I liked him in the movie, and that's what I t- wanted to talk about was his death scene. Breton, we 
need to talk about this dragon car. What the fuck is going on? What? Because like this whole movie, like there's this build up on in in Jamaica that like, oh, there's this dragon on the island, and Sean Connery's like, what the fuck are all you on? Like, he's just like, there's clearly not a dragon. But then like the 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 main bond chick's like, no, there's a dragon. And then like the guy's like, oh, superstition, man. Literally every other character in this film is like. No, dude, there's a, like, dead set, there's a fucking There's a dragon. dragon, and fucking, like, Daenerys rocks up with Drogon, I don't know. But, like, here's, <laughs> could you imagine, just, like, someone edits in, like, Jakaris, just, like. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, like, this car, this car rocks up, and it's the most stupid design I have ever seen for a vehicle in any movie. Any movie, this is the stupidest one. Whoa. Yeah. You know that fucking, like, meet the Robertsons car bullshit that they bubble about? And this is dumber than that, Brenton. Can you please describe to our lovely listeners who may not have seen so this? So, if you what- haven't seen Dr. No, one, good choice. And two, this fucking car. What they've done, and you can clearly see the production design team doing this, is that they've just gotten like random scraps of metal and kind of laid it on top of a clearly normal convertible. <laughs> Yeah. And then put this huge bumper out the front and painted dragon teeth on top of it. And like they put like two headlights instead of in front of the car on the top of it to make it look as though it has eyes. And in the center of the bumper at the front is this nozzle that breathes fire. Yeah. Here's the thing. Why does this exist in the movie? Does it ever explain it? No, because I was thinking about it and I was like, whoa, wait. Is Dr. No like actively trying to recreate a myth? <laughs> and if so, like if you, if you were trying to create a myth and like deter people from coming to this place, right? Yeah. Which is fair enough. And you're like, maybe we get like this dragon thing we like make people believe there's a dragon for generations mm. or whatever but like people bought that was a dragon like, like they're all they're all genuinely convinced and i'm like it's 1962 i'm like what are you doing here's the thing as well i'm not a connoisseur brenton of jamaican mythology but i'm just gonna have a bloody stab in the dark yeah. and <laughs> guess that jamaican mythology is not littered with local dragons i'm gonna look it up right now jamaican mythology dragon caribbean literature i imagine from like the indigenous population was not laid with dragons so i doubt that there's this local myth of like a dragon like fucking about on the islands so i don't know where exactly this came from but furthermore i don't know why it exists in the first place i don't know how this dragon car helps dr no's operation is it there purely for security i think so i think like i think it's there as a deterrent i think it's like security and a deterrent exactly and but hey it works i mean like quirrell i'm just gonna call him quirrell now quirrell gets incinerated like straight up just like he gets burned alive man you see that corpse burn and it's like (laughs) whoa and like it's funny as well because like the chick the main Bond chick is with Bond she's kind of just watching and she's like kind of shook by it but James also looks quite shook too normally he's stoic in these kind of moments but in this film you really see him like stomach these deaths that happen yeah totally in saying that, there's a moment on that island that I really liked, and it's like when there's the guy that's like following them or whatever, and he and he swims up behind him and he like does like the silent takedown oh on God. him, and the girl's yeah. like, "Oh my God, I watched you murder someone!" Like that was a great moment because yeah. like you saw you don't like see that in a lot her, of other films. Yeah, you saw her go like, "Oh my God!" Like I just watched someone die, and he's just like, "Hey, it's my job. It's what I do." You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I have a license to kill. Here, take a look at it. Like, <laughs> so it was an interesting balance, but at the same time, when you uh, again, like when you watch someone burn alive, especially by a dragon, I think it'd be pretty scary. Oh my God, just like I want to see that guy's funeral you know just like after the mission just <laughs> they're all standing <laughs> around like some like beautiful jamaican graveyard but the but the thing is like this dragon is like because someone's seen it i'm pretty sure and they describe it and they say it's got wings as well did you see any wings on this wings. convertible it's got those little like little tail thingies at the back but what the yeah. fuck are they also if you look at this thing there's no fucking way even in nighttime if you just saw the outline that this is not a dragon yeah totally totally like, in 1962, you're, like, Lord of the Rings existed by this point. Like, you know what dragons are. <laughs> like, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So, like, this yeah, is totally. not news. But, and yet, watch fucking Sleeping Beauty back then. They know what dragons are. And this thing is just sitting there. Like, also, what's a dragon do? Okay, would this film have been better, Brenton, if it was a literal dragon? 
would you have liked this movie more if somehow they make this fantasy based and James Bond has to fight a fucking dragon? M- maybe. But like, again, like, yeah, I think it would be breaking the rules of its own world. I kind of want it though. <laughs> there's, yeah, you kind of want it. But the, for me, there's always, the, that scene was always going to be, there was going to be something that looked like a dragon that had the yeah. characteristics of a dragon that wasn't a dragon that people had mistaken for a dragon. Okay. What if it was like some guy in like a Dorothy the Dinosaur kind of like outfit? Oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> He's just holding a gun. He's like, roar. <laughs> He's just shooting about. He's just there like, like dancing about like hot potato, hot potato. <laughs> <laughs> like Wags is there as well. They got the whole gang and it's just like... They got the whole gang. Henry the octopus is fucking about just like... Oh my God. That'd be, James Bond is like, do we have some bad mushrooms on this island? Like <laughs> <laughs> what are in those seashells? Like this is bad. So we go, we go through this segment. We meet the dragon. They kind of get captured. They get put in this lavish underground under the sea. Under the sea. Da, 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 da. They get put in their rooms. They get drugged or whatever. And then oh, they f- by the way, speaking of under the sea, is that not the worst aquarium you've ever seen in the movie? It's hilarious. They're like, I like how she's like, oh look, this thing's growing. It must mean we're like, we, however, however far deep, like how many leagues under the sea? And it's like that looks like literally like a box in the wall. Oh my like God. <laughs> it's like, 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 like she looks at this aquarium, and it's the most obvious projection of an aquarium on a wall you've ever seen in your life totally like it's it's a it's a miracle you actually don't get her shadow on the aquarium just to like yeah. just to fuck with it like oh it's so bad oh sorry i know you're heading in the direction of the island but this links speaking of bad projection onto these characters how terrible was the spider scene oh gosh yeah you can so clearly tell that there's a plane of glass above bond as the spiders like crawling about and the other spider scene was interesting as well because that was pretty bad as well was like when the um well the cage <laughs> Yeah, we see the, the spider cage and the spider gets picked up in the cage. But that scene again, like, there's moments that have so much promise in this movie in that sense because, like, yeah. that scene opened on such a beautiful shot of, like, you know, like, the skylight in the ceiling, basically. It's not like Blade Runner 2049, like, Jared Leto's little room. Like It looked great, and so he comes in and whatnot, and then it just pans over to that fucking spider cage, and oh I was like, God. oh, my God. <laughs> and he picks oh it up, God. and he's terrified, and the actor's doing a really good job, but you look at this spider, and it's, like, clearly just, like, not moving or doing anything. And he's just waiting for, like, the director to kind of, like, poke at it just to get it to move or something like yeah, totally <laughs> like Terrence Young's out the side or it's like on a oh. string and they just like wiggle it a bit like they just like pull on the string and it just kind of jostles <laughs> a bit in the cage it's just jolting about but I love when it crawls on James Bond there's a there's a shot where you see the lump of the spider under the blanket as it moves up <laughs> yeah and it's and it's the most obvious not thing that's a spider it's clearly just something on a stick oh that was incredible so I forgot about that lump shot oh, of like the, oh the my lump god moving up and then watching Sean Connery beat up the spider with his shoe yeah. <laughs> like totally. off camera he goes ape it like crawls past him and he's like right and he just like gets up and he just like starts losing oh. these like I've seen people do this in real life as well it was pretty it was pretty spot on in terms of like it's he's been through this before we've all like, we've all been there we've all we've all had a big spider at we're, some point we're both Australian been... we, we've been there mate see that's why I want to see that's why I want to see this scene but with George Lazenby's bond because him being a Australian he just wouldn't care yeah he'd, be, <laughs> he'd like welcome it He'd like welcome it in. He'd be like, "Hello, H- hello, mate. How you going?" Good eye, love. Oh, you remind me of my last missus. Just so. <laughs> Go on. I've got an extra pillow here. Here, you sleep on that. Let's just hang out. Oh my god. He's got the spider on a fucking leash. Like, <laughs> let's have a little tangent, actually, guys. If you are not Australian but you still listen to the show. First of all, thank you for sticking with it. But second of all, here in Australia, like, it's true, we do get a lot of spiders. I'm looking at one right now. (laughs) Hey, he's looking at my eight legs. Jostle, jostle. Anyway. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, so we get a lot of spiders, and there's this spider called the Huntsman, and I'd suggest looking it up. And these things are fucking everywhere. Like, they're honestly everywhere, especially, like, in summer, um, when it starts storming or whatever. These things are like, fuck, get inside, and they come to your house or whatever, and they like to hang out. Yeah. But no one likes these things for whatever reason. And they're, like, they're not poisonous. They're, like, they're fine. 
they're harmless. They actually are. Despite how they look, they look terrible, yeah. but they're fine. They're, like, just, yeah. they're really big, they're really hairy, and they're really ugly. And people are like, oh, God, get it, kill it now. Funnily enough, too, like they eat cockroaches and stuff. Like They eat the pets. But they're so good. Like, like, yeah. They're good to have around. But uh, we kill them anyway because they're, they're, just, they're just not... Because they're scary. They're just not aesthetically Is pleasing. Is Aragog a giant huntsman? I'm trying to remember. Like the, the He looks a little bit like one. He's got the design of a huntsman, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like as the spider crawls up James Bond. Goodbye, friend of Hagrid. <laughs> And he gets fucking swarmed I was not the monster in the chamber (laughs) (laughs) I forgot how shitty Aragog's dialogue was in that movie I need to watch it again I used to love that scene Uh, I'd I'd watch that scene again There's so much going on Especially because like God, Nathan's lost it What's amazing about that scene too is that like I think what's so bad about that spider in particular is like because it was scary as a kid like you're yeah. like holy fuck that's a-. and because the spider what's weird is is that Rowling makes that spider talk right so the, yeah. the spider can talk we don't see its mouth but it's talking <laughs> that's right how do you convincingly make a spider talk you know what I mean oh so like the film just goes all right we'll just have like the the close-ups on an Aragog will just be of like the eight eyes like we'll just go oh. straight to the eight eyes but the thing is like that's like an animatronic it's clearly like an animatronic yeah, it's so that's why he's not moving exactly yeah. he's dead looking like no movement like eight eyes right. and he just like in the video games that fucker leaps about when you're battling him but like oh my gosh that that boss fight i remember playing that on the ps2 the chamber of secrets great game fly around hogwarts it's a good time so on the ps2 that that boss fight you start off on his web right so yeah. you have to like he's like in his cavern cave or whatever and like he's above the cave sorry and it's like it's like a this great expense thing and you have to like break set on set flames to like the edges of the web where it's like attaching to like the top of the yeah, 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 and he's like shooting poison at you as he's doing it, like yeah, dude. And then he falls in, and I remember playing this as a kid, and I was like, oh, cool, like I finished it. And then like I fell in with him, and I was like, oh no. And you have this boss fight where you're fucking about in this cave, and he just like oh. he just crawls at you, dude. It's like it's so unsettling. It's he so just terrifying. like fucking goes at you. Yeah, but in the movie, they couldn't pull that off. Totally. But like the other, the smaller spiders are good in the movie. Like I remember like when Run Run the whole times like going hurry, hurry, and they like they look <laughs> up, and then like they're all like coming down, and that's when Harry's oh. like Daniel Radcliffe, great acting. He's like, um, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> um, well, we'll be going now. He's like, I think not. Oh, that's so. <laughs> and like, I forgot how awkward Daniel Radcliffe is in that scene. And like, the car fucking yeah, rocks totally. up, and, and Daniel like was awkwardly trying to get in the car. Like, and oh, and the face Ron makes when the spiders got him. Like, yeah, I know. And he's choking him. That thing's pincers are like wrapped around like. Ron's neck like oh. that thing could just easily bite his head off he's like and the sound it makes and then, what's the spell he does he's like um it's like Richter Semper or something like that yeah that's it Richter Semper and he just pushes him back and it's funny because like Ron never mentions that again like if that happened to a 12 year old child which is his age in the movie you would be oh. traumatised for years like I couldn't imagine anything worse than like a giant spider's pincers just wrapped around my neck maybe it was oh. trying to make love to him I don't know like maybe it wasn't trying to <laughs> yeah. Him. Like, it was the scene like, just turns very like Harry's like ooh <laughs> do you want me to get out of the car I'll give it just to you. <laughs> Tosses runs the keys. I bet you somewhere that oh, corner no. exists. That fan fiction <laughs> definitely exists. Jesus. <laughs> oh. The other thing I was going to say about the Harry Potter scene, I was going to say about spiders in movies. I think the most convincing giant spider that's ever been in a movie is She Lob from Return of the King. Oh, yeah. She's great. That's disgusting. 
Like that is so yeah. disgusting that that's Because also she's very, her saliva is very drippy. Like it's really wet yeah. and slippery that like they get wrapped up in. It's like a, it's like it's like a funnel web spider. It's like it's legitimately like the way it moves and shit through those caves, you're like, oh god. Like oh. god no. Yeah, she's quite quick as well. And I love it yeah. as well, because in that scene you just got like Gollum going like eh. <laughs> just like cheering <laughs> her on. And he's like some mocap's like, yeah, kill him. What I can't imagine though is that like why in the Hobbit? So like the Hobbit, I think it's the the desolation of Smaug, the second one. Yeah. They have like the spider segment with like all of she loves children that they run that's into right they're like, like jumping about yeah so they're in there and then like those spiders are just like so much worse than she and like yeah why how do they fuck it up and how considering this is a prequel we never know what happens to them yeah they just kind of like rock up and they just leave and the thing was as well i'm pretty sure in the books like because bilbo puts the ring on and then he can understand what the spiders are saying as that's well like, right. they're all, like talking <laughs> to each other yeah anyway that's tangent over oh, spiders jesus i'm glad we had a chat then um <laughs> I'll, I'll get us back to the point i was making about the end of the movie okay it, back on the island so they get drugged by the way and then like i'm like oh no they've been drugged what's gonna happen what torture chamber are they gonna be in? and it's like no and it was pretty smart i was like oh they just drugged them so that like when he was ready to see them they'd be like they couldn't escape or whatever that's smart so um so so then we meet dr no and what was so funny about this scene is that he walks into the room and you're like oh he looks like quite a normal like apart from obviously the ethnicity issue which yes. he, we've addressed he looks pretty he looks like a normal dude and then he like it just casually reveals his hands. Like, it's the most casual oh reveal of, like, a body a body disfigurement I've ever seen in a movie. He just kind of walks in with his hands behind his back, and he's like, oh, you see my hands, obviously, and then he reveals them. But, like, it's not, like, horrifying. You're like, I'm still confused as to what happened. Because yeah. it was, like, radiation poisoning it? or something. I think it was, like, radiation oh. got to them or something. But, like, he's just got these, like, weird prosthetic-looking hands that are just, like, in gloves that are too big for them. Yeah, exactly. Like, we clearly know his hands actually attached. He's just got it frozen the whole time. This, like, awkward kind of, like, turn kind of pose. But it's so funny because like he's no he's not bloody Jamie Lannister like you know we're not seeing his struggle with no hands no we're not moved by this at all and like and it's so funny because this one thing about him that should be like oh disfigured and disgusting is his downfall so like it's the reason he dies which is the next thing I was gonna bring up is that there's this weird so basically we head to the end of the movie and I'm still kind of not sure what is happening like what the plan is they're just gonna no. like intercept like interestingly he works for Spectre which I like yeah I was like here we go even more interestingly enough like I liked where this was going again like I liked the scene between him and James. Uh, like, James is like, get rid of the girl. And he's like, yeah, get rid of her or whatever. He's like, yeah, the, the uh, guards can have fun with her. And James is like, that's not what I meant. Fuck. Anyway, and so they have this discussion. And he tries to convince James to like join Spectre or like see if he's worthy of joining Spectre. Yeah. Bond's like, look, send the girl away. She's not involved. And he's like, send the girl away and give it to the guards. And James is like, that's not what I meant, but I'll, I'll get her later. It's all good. Anyway, so the, she goes and then they just have this scene where like Bond just tries to antagonize him and he's just like, I thought you were like smart. I wanted you to join Spectre, but now I just think you're a dickhead. So uh, you can <laughs> Yeah. He's always salty about saying no. Like, But, like, why doesn't he just kill him? Because then he's like, oh, we'll soften him up for later. And then they beat him up a bit and put him in his cell. And then James proceeds to, like, which is, this is the most contrived bullshit. This is when oh the movie God. lost me, is when I was like, he's in the cell. And I was like, what's he going to do? And he just easily gets out and then, like, gets to the reactor or whatever. And then this is the scene that I was leading to is that like then they have the tough or whatever and the lift as it lowers into the water oh. and it's like the worst fight scene I've ever seen in a movie <laughs> it's so terrible it reminds me of one of the Bond films we reviewed where they were underwater and they're fighting in the, in the sub like tunnel thing the Bond girl Bond and the villain I forget which one wasn't that the film with uh, Jaws yeah I think it was yeah 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 that was also pretty terrible as well it reminds me a little bit of that yeah I think The Spy Who Loved Me is the name of it what happens is basically Bond uh, Bond just basically pushes Dr. No underneath him <laughs> And he gets like out a childhood there. shove, like. <laughs> and then I love that Doctor No is just like kind of like reaching up, like oh, 
like just trying to get to oh. to the thing. But because his hands are metal, you just have this weird shot that I that I wanted to pick for the seal this week uh, of like his weird gloved hands like just sticking out of the water, and it's meant to like be this like oh moment. God. But it just it's so funny. It's so terrible. Like you can almost just hear him say the words "I'm melting" as he's going down. <laughs> yeah, totally. Exactly. Oh, they should have put him in the Wizard of Oz, Brenton. They should have. Could you imagine Doctor Noah's the Wicked Witch of the Woods? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. He's like, Dorothy rocks up and he's like, I've been expecting you. Like, <laughs> here's a martini. And like, <laughs> like, the Tin Man's just very confused. He like rocks up and then he like looks over and he like sees he's like, no, you killed my sister. And you see like some random feet just like popping out. <laughs> like this, this house or whatever. Oh, bring back Courtney. We'll get her opinion on this. Absolutely. Oh, oh. that'd be great. One thing I also want to mention that we have, we've completely avoided this whole review is the Bond girl. Like Honey Rider. Oh yeah. Like I liked her. Yeah, she's a bit like we meet her. She's collecting shells, like you know. I okay. So for me, she was like the most like un unsocialized person like ever. Yeah. Like, out of all the Bond girls, like she's like not really socially all there. Like and like her backstory makes sense. Like yeah. like her backstory, you're like, oh, this all makes sense now. You're just a weirdo. Like, this is the weirdest backstory I have ever heard for a character. <laughs> so they're sitting down, like her and Bond, like you know, bloody getting all cozy at the campfire, and she proceeds to tell him that as she was raised, she was homeschooled. And the only piece of education she had was she was given <laughs> one encyclopedia and she's learned everything from this one encyclopedia. A to Z. No, no. She's, but she says she's only read from A to T. Yeah, that's right. A to T, sorry. Yeah. So I oh, presume that she has no knowledge of anything that starts with U, V, X, Y, or Z. <laughs> so maybe because she recently read the seashell, seashell section, because it's next to T, that's why yeah. she's got this obsession. <laughs> so so maybe when she gets to W, she'll, she'll like shift her focus to Wales or something. Like, I don't know. I wonder what happens to her after this film. You know what I mean? Oh. What's what's funny about it too is that like, she, like the only reason she becomes involved in this is because she's literally just picking up seashells at this random spot where James oh wakes God. up and he's like, g'day. And uh, <laughs> by the way, next minute when that boat comes along with the machine gun and they're like, oh my God. all right, we warned you. And then they just start oh machine gunning the beach. That guy, you can so tell that guy on the megaphone fucking loves his job. Like you can tell he really loves like shouting on yeah, the totally. megaphone. He's like that annoying bike PE teacher who's got the megaphone and just uses it way too much at the carnival. He was the worst actor in the movie, by the way. Like the oh, whole yeah. way through. That guy was just like the worst. He was so bad. What, what's also funny about that moment as well is Quirrell on the the beach with the crab he's like oh there's a crab <laughs> and it like crawls down towards the, him the jamaican blokes just hide and the crab's just like across the screen like <laughs> oh, it's so stupid but like it's funny because all this is preceded by the most iconic shot in any james bond movie which is honey rider getting out of the water and that's right she's singing the coconut mango whatever song it's this is so weird because like <laughs> I can't imagine any other Bond movie doing this. She starts singing and then James Bond joins in. Yeah. So like exactly. they're both humming a tune. Could you imagine in fucking Casino Royale, like like Daniel Craig getting out of the water like Honey Rider, then fucking Vespa starts like whistling a tune? You know what I mean? <laughs> it just wouldn't work. It's it's so funny. I was like, this is really interesting that Bond Bond's a singer. Maybe what happens after this is that the two of them go do a karaoke session, maybe? Like oh, I don't maybe. know. They should. And like, cause I, I like it, but it's funny because like, you know, her getting out of the water is this iconic moment, right? And like and, and you can see why. Like, she is so beautiful. And, like, that bikini is iconic and, like, the design's there. And you're all for it. And it's funny. I still think it has the same impact in 2020. Yeah. Because it's such an iconic image. I'm sure back then it would have been more iconic because the bikini was still so fresh and new. But now totally. it still feels like, wow, like, look at this chick with a bikini and a knife. Like, that's what a combo. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's a great moment. You know, like, it, it's it's a famous moment for a reason and it and it works. And then we find out her great backstory and it makes it even oh, better. <laughs> Jesus, honey rider, just no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good uh, times, good times. Nathan, should we get into some special segments? Let's do it. Special segment! Ooh, so special. So fan theories, it's the one we haven't done in a while. This is a segment where we try and find fan theories for the movie and talk about if they're legit or not. But this actually is not about Dr. No, Brenton. This is more about the Bond franchise in general. And I want to talk to you about this now that we've done half of them. There's Before Skyfall was released, there was a prevailing theory that, like, all the James Bond films were in continuity. And I don't know if you know this, like, this theory, fan theory before, but like it's where there is no actual James Bond. Yeah, the James Bond is an alias yeah. that the, the 007 agent uses. Yeah, exactly. So like, and e- as each Bond guy go, the new one picks it up. So like, Skyfall kind of shattered it, where it's like no, he was brought up in Scotland under Mr. and Mrs. Bond. So ignoring Skyfall, would you want this theory to be a thing? Absolutely. I think it's a great theory. Like, I think it's such a cool idea. Like, I, yeah. I've always liked that idea that these movies are all connected in that sense. Yeah. Thanks, Skyfall sh- for shitting on the bed. Thanks for that. Like, Oh, Thanks Please clean the sheets and just get it off. Like no one needs it. Okay, <laughs> go set up your bloody like Home Alone house scene in the third act. Yeah, but like I think I think it's I think it's a great idea. Like mm. of course that would make sense. Like I think it's brilliant. Because then you could have these retired double O agents brought back into it. You could have like retired Timothy Dalton. You could have like retired. Oh man, could you imagine that? Could you imagine if like Timothy Dalton rocked up as like the new Q? agent or whatever and like mm. one of the like a movie and it was like oh he's, he's like I used to be James Bond but like you know yeah. I got I had to be let go and it's and he's like oh so you're the new James Bond you're Lady Bond and like you know yeah. what I mean like it would it would be interesting that's why in Skyfall I kind of got disappointed when the old guy at the house wasn't Sean Connery yeah like you could I was I, th- I haven't found any evidence for this but I bet my bottom dollar that Barbara Broccoli did approach Sean Connery for that. They would have had to, right? But see, I don't know if they did. I don't think they would have. I think, because I think Connery might have done it. Really? Because he's been pretty adamant since League of Ultraman Gentlemen that he is done. Like, he's done, done with, like, acting. Yeah, but, you know, I could see him doing it. I could see him coming back to do it. I don't think that was ever on the table. Oh, okay, fair enough. I guess it's just more hope, if anything, like, yeah. Yeah, but it would have been been cool. cool. Could you imagine if Connery just rocked up? At the end of Skyfall as well, like, how they just, like, shoot down the helicopter and, like, Daniel Craig's working with him. Like, Judy Dent Daniel Craig, Sean Connery, like that would have been just amazing. Oh my goodness, that would. Yeah, so wow. well, that's that's Ethan theory, but you wanted to bring in a new se- special segment today. I am bringing in a new special segment. I love today, new Nate. segments, Brenton. This new segment, which we'll use uh, when it is appropriate on the yes. show, is is this movie worth the franchise? Ooh. I like that a lot, Brenton. Well done. Here, have a cookie. Go on. Just have a little munch. Thank you. Thank you. A cookie. That's a really good point because Brenton, this is no Iron Man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, this is a fine movie, like, on its own, but, like, the fact that this has spawned, like, arguably the greatest film franchise of all time yeah. is bonkers. Like, we'll get to how much money it made back, th- like, later on, because it made a fuck ton of bank. But, like, it's so funny, because, like, Iron Man, you can genuinely see that franchise building, that kind of stuff, and, like, it is, and it's an excellent standalone film. With Doctor No, it's funny because there really is no continuity payoff if you do watch this before the others. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's just, it, not even that it needs that necessarily. Like, I'm fine with stories or franchises that aren't necessarily connected. Like, look at, I don't know, look at video games. Look at, like, Final Fantasy. Like, none of those stories are connected, right? But they're in the same series. They're just all, like, different stories or whatever. Like, that's fine. I can get amongst that. The fact that this features, like, the same character is, like, concerning it the same time but like i just see nothing like in this movie like i think it's good and whatnot but a sequel is just like to me it's just like oh maybe i guess maybe whereas you think of something say like star wars that came out and you're like obviously that became a film franchise yeah you're like, oh yeah that also, makes they sense. started it as an episode four you know it's like well no they didn't well, it no, just no, came no, out of star wars no but like, it was always meant to be this like here's let's let's jump into the middle of this universe and just like in, in medias yeah. res to use the formal term and then just run yeah. with it it's funny because like i would argue that casino royale is a more 
more franchise starting film than this. Totally. I would totally agree with that. Which is why probably everyone does say watch that one first. Because one, it's probably one of the best ones ever made. But two, it does generally do that setup. And it does the setup of the character really well. Yeah. Well. You you get it like gives you a reason for why James is the way he is. Mm. So like, yeah, I just I'm very surprised that this is like the launching one. And it's funny because if you compare it to like other franchise starting films, right? You look at compare it to like Man of Steel, you compare it to like Harry Potter One, you compare it to like the Star Wars, all that kind of stuff. It has the stuff there. It has the staples that eventually carry on, but it doesn't really use it or milk it in that kind of sense. No. We know like we know in Harry Potter One that we're gonna spend a fuck ton of these films at Hogwarts. So the first movie does a lot of heavy lifting of actually setting up Hogwarts as a place. The only thing this movie could be arguably do I think that you could be like oh yeah no it's, it sets up a thread is that it sets up the spectre thing that's the only thing it does yeah and even then it's not you don't get much of a payoff like Blofeld's no. interesting but he's actually not that prevalent in the series as, as people no. would think like he's no Voldemort you know he's got a nose oh gosh no 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 doctor no he's <laughs> doctor yes am I right Ooh. speaking of yes Nathan can you tell me what stills this movie <laughs> It's blinding. Well, what steals this movie is a segment where we choose a frame, Brenton, whether it be beautiful or stupid, mostly stupid, and we put it on our Instagram links below if you want to have a look at it. The frame that is here, Brenton, broke the camel's back for me because at the start of this movie, um, one of the other agents gets shot in um like a Kingston house or whatever, and we see her on the floor with what is clearly just some like red paint. Like, just awkwardly splattered on top of her. Yeah, it looks like she was playing a game of paintball. I think, like. Brenton, this is the worst gunshot reveal I have ever seen in a movie. Wow. And that's saying something, because, like, we've seen we've seen a lot of movies that have had um, probably not the best practical effects when it comes to blood or, you know, when it comes to wounds, no. you know what I mean? Like, on this show. But it's interesting that this one did you in. This was the one that just, like... I, I swear to God, I did this scene in, like, year 10 art class, where, like, I had a little bit of paint splattered on me and I just, like, pretended <laughs> to, like, collapse on the floor dead. I swear to God, I've done this. So, like, looking at this lady, just with this, I know this This movie was made for a million dollars, Brenton. It was made on, like, shoestring budget back in the day. Like, like totally. proper low-budget shit. But even so, it's like, there's not even, like, a little hole where, like, the bullet would have gone through. It's just, I am so sick of old movies being so terrible with this, and I don't know why. You know, this is, like, what, 20 years after the, like, the Second World War happened. People know what gunshot wounds look like. So, I don't know totally. why movies did this. Well, I think there'd be a whole discussion on ratings issues and, like, you know, what, what was appropriate at the time to you reckon it is that censorship yeah I think I think it might be that potentially oh. but also like budget as well now what's interesting about this photo as well I just noticed this still I should say is that if you look at her uh, left hand it looks like she's actually got like this, the sponge or like the makeup sponge <laughs> <that's> like, <laughs> she just applied it herself yeah like and she's been like now act dead sure but they forgot to like take it out of her hand like I know that's obviously not the case but that's what it looks like it's so funny oh and you can clearly tell that they brought some like they, they bought some cheap rug to like put the red paint on <laughs> Ah. They couldn't actually have it on the nice timber floor. Looks like a straw rug or something. It's just, it's just terrible, Brenton. It's no good. Hey, hey, let's look at this film's poster. Uh, Brenton. Yes. Let's look at this film's poster. But is it art? Nathan, this this poster does the cardinal sin again. <laughs> is it really a cardinal sin? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it does. Brenton does this weird niche thing where, he, for some reason, you don't like landscape posters, which I don't. Oh, understand. I just don't like them. I just don't get it's them. It's fine. It, you know I, I mean? like them. You know what? 
The next poster I'm going to get is deliberately going to get a landscape poster. Nathan, there's a lot going on here. So you got the yellow. I like the yellow. I like the red yes. text. I love that. I like the images that are there. I think it all works. Uh, I'm not sure if I like the James and, and uh, what's-her-face like lying on the beach. I don't know if that's necessary. Oh, her and Honey Rider. Yeah, yeah. The the thing that's the funniest thing about this poster, though, is the fact that next to the title, Dr. No, <laughs> is, like, is half of Dr. No himself. Oh, and he's just like half awkwardly obscured. Oh, it's too good. It's ridiculous. And it's like, and it's funny as well because like, there's not that much iconic imagery besides obviously Bond himself. They haven't yeah. even got Honey Rider in her famous bikini. She's just in like a normal one. So like, and it's funny, it says the first James Bond film and how bloody like presumptuous is that for a movie's poster? You know what I mean? I know, exactly. They're like, we're, we're, we're throwing all the dollars into this. We're going to make this a franchise. Right. You know? It's like when Pokemon was like the first movie. It's like, wow. Totally. Okay. I mean, you know, 20 movies later they have continued, but it's like, come on. Like that's a bit forward. But Nathan, in saying that as well, like the image of, of Sean Connery as Bond himself, like on this poster is fantastic. Oh, it's iconic. It's so good. It's funny because he's actually, because Sean Connery himself is only 32 years old in this movie, but he looks like 40. (laughs) Oh, really? You don't think? I think he looks like early 30s. That's what you're going to look like in seven years, Brenton. You bet your bottom dollar. I'd be glad to look like that. At any point in my life, I'd be glad to look like that. Oh, yeah. To look like Sean Connery, there you go. But there's nothing you'd want to change about this poster? Just the the fact that it's landscape, really, and to remove uh, the image of uh, them both on the beach would be all I'd take away, and I think it's pretty right. It's pretty good. Title talk. (laughs) Ooh, it's the title. Dr. No was there Dr. No and Dr. No, Nathan. Oh, barely. Like, way too little, <laughs> Brenton, in my opinion. It should have fucking opened with him, you know? Open with the villain, introduce the threat, all that kind of stuff. Well, what would you have called it instead? Well, it's, it's funny because it's literally adapting the book Dr. No, so this is more of a blunder on, uh, you know, Ian Fleming's part than, than you know, Ian Productions. Because I, I don't mind the title. I think it's fine. Maybe Dr. Yes or No? That could be the tagline. Yes or No? Yeah, I, I like that. I, I think that's fun. It's funny that none of these titles ever have James Bond in them. Nah. Yeah, but I kind of also don't want that. Like, it, it takes it away. Way. Even maybe 007 could be a better title. Nah, I, I, I think Dr. No is, is enough. Oh, let us slide. But still, there should have been a lot more Dr. No, Brenton. Well, Nathan, let's pass that power to the people. <laughs> Pass it here. What? The power to the people. So if you guys head on over to the, the website, Rotten Tomatoes, and on there you can find the critical consensus for this film, and it uh, sits at a, at a fine 95% with an audience rating of 82%. Way too high. Way too high. I can I can understand at the time why the critical consensus was that high. Like you know, it's a decent movie. I I gave it a positive score. I can understand that. They share my own opinion. It's like, <laughs> I understand it. <laughs> but look at this thing's bank. It cost a million to make. It made fifty nine. Isn't that insane? Yeah, man. That's what I'm talking about. Oh no wonder they afforded this franchise. We can make fifty more of these things. And it's funny because subsequent sequels costed around about the same as well. These were really cheap movies to make, and they kept on like fucking rolling in bank. Yeah, oh, they, they were the bloody Blumhouse of their day. Brenton. Good on them. Good on Dwight McDonald from Esquire magazine that gave it a rotten review and said, The first half hour I took to be a fairly good spoof on sex espionage films in general. Then James Bond lands on Dr. No's Atomic Island and science fiction takes over with lethal results in every sense of the world. Every sense of the word. Sorry, my apologies. Yeah, like that's a pretty good summation. And it's funny because I guess it could be a spoof on sex espionage films, but like it doesn't really go there. It still tries to ramp it in seriously. Like, do you think this would have been better without the whole atomic science fiction plot if it was just like a guy with a missile or something uh yeah probably yeah i think so too i'd have to agree well zaki hassan from zaki's corner liked it and he said dr no is a solid if unspectacular start to the longest lived movie series of all time 
Are you surprised that it spawned this many sequels? Yes. But you look at the box office and you can see why. You know, you can see why they were like, oh, this is easy money. It would have been interesting if this bombed. Sorry, not bombed. If this bombed. Yeah. It would have been interesting to see if the rights had changed, if they took it a different direction. Like, I just think it would have died. I just think they just, it would just would have gone away. See, I would love to see this series animated. <laughs> An animated Bond. I, I'm genuine about that. Like, I, I think you could do some really interesting visually, things visually animated wise with this character and with these kind of sets. All right. I'll, I'll hold you to that. I'll start drawing now. Brenton. Austin Kennedy from Sin Magazine gave it a rotten review and said, the film geek in me wants to praise it, but the film critic in me wants to expose its flaws. I still have a soft spot for it. But I'm being, if I'm being truly honest, it's kind of lackluster. Yeah, it's, it was kind of having the dilemma that I was having, I think. Yeah, so you're definitely not alone, Brett. So maybe you should write for Sin Magazine. Hey, man, you know me. All those sins. Here we go. <laughs> James B. gave a half a star, Brenton, and wrote, Bad movie. Don't bother watching it. Doesn't even look good for the time and super boring. Whoa. They, those are big words, James B. Half a star, like, it, it, it deserves more than half a star. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. But, like, yeah, it's not that bad. It's definitely not the worst Bond film we've reviewed, but... I'd give it a, I'd give it a solid three stars. And then listen to this and the, the title will make sense. When I was a kid, I wanted to be James Bond. Now as an adult, I still want to. Lol. <laughs> It's funny because would you recommend any of these for children? Not really. I don't think they're for kids. I don't think kids would appreciate it. Like, I think as a kid, I'd get pretty bored by this. Like, I'd be like, oh, what the hell's going on? Like, what's interesting about this? Yeah, exactly. I would be bored shitless. Like, I'm sure maybe with the Craig's one, I'd find it okay because they're a little bit quicker. But, like, these ones, nah. Yeah, but then, like, the Craig ones are, like, too full on for kids, I think. You know what I mean? Like, cause it, watching Casino Royale as a kid and, like, the torture scene where he's got, like, the rope and he's, like, whacking his balls with it. Yeah, I don't think I could handle that as a kid. Oh, <laughs> I'd just be, just be like, oh my gosh, why is this happening? <laughs> but, yeah, those were some thoughts. And, and that, Brenton, was Dr. No. That was Dr. Dr. No. I'm surprised, Nathan. I I gave this a thumbs up and you gave it a thumbs down. Like, the fact that that has occurred on this show, I think it's occurred once before, by the way, but it's a miracle. It is. I can't believe it happened. I was genuinely convinced that you and I would both be shitting on this the whole episode. Well, there was shit, but it wasn't (laughs) from the both of us. So, uh... Oh, no. Thank you for tuning in once again to Classic Movie Banter. We really appreciate it, and we love it when you guys talk to us online because it makes us feel like we have friends. Oh my god! If you if you liked Doctor No, if you disliked Doctor No, let us know what you thought. <laughs> Pass us a little note, tick yes or no. <laughs> Answer the poll. Let us know on Twitter. Let us know on Instagram. Let us know on YouTube. Let us know via email what you thought. More importantly, if there's any other old movies older than twenty years, just as a reminder, that you'd like to see us review on the show. What really helps us out as well is if you guys give us a little review or like a little like or a little subscribe on the various platforms we really appreciate that nothing too big only little no only little ones one lesser reviews (laughs) just give (laughs) us a big why for yes (laughs) yes please but yeah apart from that that's about it nathan we've done it again another bond done and dusted maybe there was some time to die after all brenton no please don't say there is time to die i've got so much to live for sorry brenton it had to end like this (laughs) oh he missed